This is a presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu. Welcome to the Center for Sports Studies podcast. My name is Brandon Podgorski, professor of sport management at Trine University, and I want to welcome you to this week's podcast. Joining me here at the Trine Broadcasting Network studios is Dr. Shane Steele, who is a physical therapist and assistant professor of exercise science at Trine. Dr. Steele, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Well, it's exciting to be back on campus. You know, for those listening, we're, we're in mid-August and we're about as normal, I guess, as, as normal can be right now. So it's good to be back in the studio. And you're a professor in our Rinker-Ross School of Health Sciences. But before that, you worked as a physical therapist. So we kind of want to get the PT side of things in sport and also kind of ask you some questions about exercise science. So, uh, But before we get into that, tell us a little bit about your background in, in PT and, and are you still currently seeing patients today? So yeah, so I'm a physical therapist. I graduated from physical therapy school in 2004, started working as a PT in 2004, a lot of different settings. I've worked in settings in the States. I've worked in Pennsylvania, Ohio, Michigan, and Indiana. And in 2009, my wife and I opened up our own physical therapy clinic here in Angola, achieved physical therapy. And with that, we've been practicing, or I've been practicing there since 09. And... I believe it was it was five years ago I started working at Trine. Okay. And five years ago, um, I left there full-time. I still do work as a physical therapist there. I am there every single day, mornings and later in the evenings. But so, yeah, I kind of married the two. And how I got started with Trine was kind of interesting. Went from, you know, seeing patients 12 hours a day, every day, you know, to I got to break this up a little bit, then ran into some students. And that started an internship opportunity at our clinic, which led to guest lecturing, which led to adjunct professor, which led to the assistant professor, which led to associate professor, which led to chair of the exercise science department. So it's just been kind of fun how it's all kind of progressed that way. So once you got your foot in the door, we wouldn't let you leave. Right, exactly. <laughs> so you said you and your wife opened up the studio here in Angola. Is she also a physical therapist too? She is a physical therapist as well, yes. She does not work there. She's she's like behind the scenes, accounting, stuff like that. But um, so yes. Okay, so very cool. So it runs in the family. Um, so you kind of told us a little bit about kind of what drove you here to Trine, but you know, you're still seeing patients. So do you find that kind of greatest reward out of, out of working with patients and kind of seeing them um, kind of make that progress? And it's the same way kind of in the classroom, seeing your, your students kind of achieve and graduate and go on. I discovered my favorite part of being a physical therapist was actually educating the clients or educating the people on how their bodies worked. You know, and so that that was my greatest value. That's what I got the most out of was helping that. And that's when I discovered, you know, helping students understand how the body works was very, very similar. So I have really the same favorite aspect or the same most gratifying moment with both the practice and being a professor. So was your undergrad, was it in exercise science, biomechanics? My undergrad was human physiology. Human physiology. Yes. Okay. Well, that's not something we offer here at Trine, but we do offer exercise science. We offer exercise science here at Trine, and we have a lot of different biology you know, degrees. And so human physiology is, was a biology degree, mm -hmm. but while doing the human physiology aspect, my favorite components were you know, exercise physiology, 
how our bodies worked, how our bodies responded to different stresses. And that, that's really where exercise science, exercise physiology comes into play there. Okay, so you know, so our students are going to get some of that experience here on campus, and, and obviously you're well qualified to help them out with that, and it's really neat that you've been a practitioner in it, and now you're actually teaching it. So what are some of the things that if a student wouldn't be interested in trying, or, or any school with exercise science, what are some of the careers we see them getting into? It's interesting, you know, we see most of our exercise science students coming into trying. Almost all of them want to go into physical therapy. By the end, we've, the past three years, we've had 70% of our graduating class, 70% of the students have gone into either physical therapy, occupational therapy, athletic training, or chiropractic school. You know, so 70% of our students were going on to graduate school in one of those fields. So that's obviously where a vast majority of the students go. However, the other 30%, they're kind of all over the board. We've discovered that our major sets students up great for the medical sales world. You know, they understand how the body works, you know, but again, with 70% of our students going on to graduate school, we're working on those soft skills. We're working on those people skills as well, things like that. And when you combine those skills that we're kind of working on for healthcare related fields, you know, combining that with how the body works, medical sales fits quite perfectly. Another group of our students are going on to corporate fitness. Corporate fitness is huge right now and growing like crazy. Yep. We've got one of our recent graduates. She graduated. She was working for Enterprise Car Rental, and she was one of their corporate fitness people for the, for the whole country, right? Wow. Now she works for Google. She does the same thing for Google. She travels all over the place, and she's got a, just absolutely an incredible job working for Google out of Ann Arbor right now. We've got a lot of personal trainers. We've got strength coaches. You know, we just heard back a little bit ago, got a message from a student who graduated last year who he passed his strength and conditioning certification. So he's going to be working as a certified strength coach here soon. So that's very exciting. Then we also have a lot of students who go into like the YMCAs of the world mm -hmm. and working their way up that, that fitness world in that aspect. And that's interesting because exercise science, I mean, when you kind of break it down, it's such a broad it field. Is. You know, I think a lot of people kind of like, okay, you're going to go into coaching, but I mean, most of them are going to PT school. Yeah. And I mean, there's, you know, a, a significant high bar to get in. You yes. know, not just anybody can get in. Correct. Um, and, and you did talk about, you know, you, we've got physical therapists and you also talk about occupational therapy and people might not understand the difference. So, you know, what is a physical therapist versus um, occupational therapy? They're very, very similar. You know, the, it depends on who you ask. You know, if you go into a hospital setting, if you have anything like a shoulder, elbow, wrist, or hand injury, you're going to see an occupational therapist. Occupational, is, it, you know, means job, right? But it also really means doing your daily tasks, anything you need to do. And they want to help you with those daily tasks. Uh, you know, it might be as simple as brushing your teeth, uh, washing your face, things like that. Whereas physical therapy is more, you know, again, in the hospital setting, it's going to be more legs related. Anything that's, you know, head and neck or yes, it's going to be there, but then legs balance oriented like that. The best way I've heard this described is as a physical therapist, I care that you can physically get yourself from your chair to the bathroom. Okay. I care that you can have that standing balance while in there to brush your teeth and wash your face. I don't care if you can brush your brush your teeth and wash your face. That's the occupational therapist's job. You know, they, they care about that. But then um, in a lot of the bigger communities too, occupational therapists do a lot of work um, job site analysis. 
they'll go to the different jobs, different corporations, and they'll make sure that you're doing your job safely. Now, physical therapists do that as well, mm-hmm. but you know that's more so in the bigger communities you see that. Um, so with the occupational therapist, is there additional schooling that they would have to do, kind of like a PT as well? Yes. So okay. for, for both occupational therapy school and physical therapy school, you have to have an undergraduate degree. With that undergraduate degree, then you apply to either occupational therapy school or physical therapy school. Okay. And then they are both, depending on the programs, usually about three years additional schooling. Are both of them considered doctors? Because I know physical therapy, you're getting a doctorate. Is it the same thing with... So physical therapy started their doctoral programs much, much earlier. Physical therapy started theirs around 2000. And that's kind of where they started making their their change. A little bit before, like late 90s was, I believe, the first doctoral program in physical therapy. Occupational therapy schools, now I could be wrong on this, but my understanding is they're just now starting those programs. Okay. You know, it's, it's a much more recent trend. And I was looking at Bureau of Labor Statistics before we met, and it looks like physical therapy is going to be growing by about 22%. You know, they're projecting over the next 10 years. So it sounds like there's a big need. And we even have our own doctor physical therapy school here at Trine. Um, are you involved with that in any way? I know you're on the main campus, and that's in Fort Wayne. Uh, but is there anything you do with that, or is there um, extra information you can kind of give us about what we do here at Trine and Doctor of Physical Therapy? So for our doctoral program in physical therapy here at Trine, at our clinic, we have had multiple students, multiple physical therapy students come to our clinic and do internships there, doing their clerkships there. And that's worked quite well. And I'll be honest, I've been very, very impressed with the product that uh, Trine has produced there. You know, it's not a very large sample size, but I've yet to have a bad student. You know, all of the students have been absolutely incredible so far. And so that that has been great. As far as my interactions with the PT program, for main campus here, we have a direct admit physical therapy program, meaning out of high school, you can apply to this direct admit program. You have to have a 3.5 GPA, a 1210 on your SATs, or a 25 on your ACTs and then do an interview. And with those qualifications, you can get admitted into this direct admit program. Now with this direct admit program, there's two options. You can go through the undergrad component in three years or the undergrad component in four years. And you'll choose either the direct admit three plus three or the direct admit four plus three. What that says is three years from now, we're gonna hold your seat in the PT program. Unless you mess up, your seat is already guaranteed for you. You know, and so I, I am kind of been the advisor for all of the direct admit students over the past couple of years. So I really understand how that program works. And that involves a lot of communication with the PT school. Mm-hmm. So I've had a lot of communication regarding different students back and forth and different questions about what do you need to see more from our students? What do you need here or there? But as far as like being on that campus or being involved with their curriculum, no, I have not had those interactions. And I would imagine, and you could push back against me on this, but I would imagine a lot of schools, I mean, they're all kind of unique in their own way, but a lot of the curriculum is, is kind of the same when we're kind of, kind of talking about, you know, exercise science or, or uh, physical therapy, but maybe some of the experiences might be a little bit different. So do our students get a little bit of practical hands-on experience here at Trine? 100%. You know, that is that is our biggest focus. Quite a few years ago when we started the PT program with Dr. Baumgartner was the first director of that program. I remember sitting down with him and asking, you know, when you are interviewing a student, when you're interviewing a student and you've got two students in front of you, they both have the same resume. You know, how do you decide between those two mm. 
applicants? And he gave a lot of great answers. You know, we took those answers, paired them with a lot of the other admission qualities and letters of recommendation questionnaires you fill out for different students. And we really used those answers to formulate a lot of our curriculum and our classes. We also took, you know, what do you need? Since 70% of our students are going on to a healthcare-related field, you know, we looked at those, talked to people in the industry, and we used a lot of those things to help direct our curriculum, if you will. Mm -hmm. And so with that, yes, we get a ton of hands-on experience. You know, what do you need, not only in the profession, but what do you need to win the interview to get into graduate school? You know, so we've done a lot of those components. The other thing to kind of illustrate that point is we've got three faculty members on staff in the exercise science department that are licensed physical therapists in the state of Indiana. Oh, wow. Yes, yeah, so we've got three of those. We've got, a, we've got two certified strength and conditioning coaches on our staff. Mm -hmm. You know, so that's great hands-on experience. We've got a registered dietitian on staff. You know, so a lot of our people are actually working or have that license in the field that they're teaching. So it's, it's great. Well, one thing I think you've talked about before, an experience that our students have, have had was working with possible Olympic hopefuls yes. and kind of doing like a combine testing. So uh, tell us a little bit about that, about what your students did. Um, I believe it was down in Fort Wayne. It right? was in Fort Wayne. Mm -hmm. It was at Turnstone, the Turnstone facility in Fort Wayne. And the U.S. Olympic hopeful committee was what they were doing is they were putting on, it was kind of like a traveling tour, if you will, about we want to set up these random sites, invite all of these potential Olympic athletes in here, let them do their testing there, their combine testing there, and then they submit those numbers to the various coaches. The coaches look through their numbers and then either select them or don't select them to be on those teams. So it was not this past spring, but the spring before that, we took a group of 11 students down to Turnstone in Fort Wayne, and we were the, our students were the ones that did all of the testing. Wow. You know, we did the testing for them. We showed them how to do the activity. We recorded their scores, and then we gave that to the U.S. Olympic Committee. And it sounds simplistic, but, you know, just in, in a little bit of my background, but I, I've got my CSCS as well, and, it, and I've done some testing as well. It's not just as easy as just taking a no. stopwatch and no, stop and go, and that's it, right? Right, no. So, you know, to kind of get back, we talked a little bit about exercise science, kind of get back into the PT side of things. You know, what's the career path? Are most of them going into private or, or maybe kind of um, public hospitals? Or do we see some kind of being a sports podcast? Do we see any working with sport teams and organizations? So I don't know the exact numbers to that sure. question. But what my one of my favorite things about being a physical therapist and one of the biggest selling points to anyone considering the field of physical therapy, you can work wherever you want. Mm. You know, you can't. A lot of students... You know, I don't know the percentage, but a lot of students do go on and work with sports teams. You know, every sports team needs a physical therapist. They have their athletic trainers, but they also need physical therapists. Um, I have worked in a clinic, with a, an outpatient clinic, where all we saw were athletes. Wow. You know, so you will, you will see that as well. But you can work in so many different settings. You can work with the athletes. You can work with young kids. You can work in the high school system. You can work for a university. You can work for a hospital, inpatient or outpatient. You know, you can do only work hardening type things. Mm -hmm. You can work at general outpatient clinic. You know, our clinic here in Angola is just your general run-of-the-mill outpatient clinic. That's my personal favorite because you see such a variety of things. Mm -hmm. I get bored way too easily, so I don't <laughs> want to see one that's all one type. 
But so yeah, so you can do that. You can work in a nursing home. You can work in home health care where you just go to people's houses and help them get around their houses, things like that. You know, so there's a lot of different options out there. And usually in every community, there are multiple options. Kind of thinking about, you know, some of the patients that you see. So kind of a, a passion of mine in, in my research is, is working with youth. And I know you have kids as well. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit of a curveball question, I guess, for you. But, you know, as a parent, as a PT, as, as a really kind of a health professional, what are the some, some of the things we're seeing with, with kids, injuries we're seeing with kids in sport? And just from your professional opinion, what are some things we need to be doing as parents to kind of get our kids ready to play and at the same time keep them safe? Because we hear about sports specialization and some of the issues that come along with that, with overuse injuries and burnout. Um, is there anything that you would see or any advice that you would give to parents or coaches out there that are, that are coaching kids? I believe... The biggest problem with injuries and overuse injuries in the high school, even college age students or or athletes is more so, yes, it is that sports specialization, Mm -hmm. but not because they're doing too much of that sport. They're not doing enough corrective exercises Mm -hmm. to strengthen the opposite muscles to what they're strengthening in their sport. You know, if you think about the swimmer, you know, I swam in college, so I'm going to pick on swimming for a moment here. (laughs) You know, you do 14 strokes down the length you know, one length of the pool, and you're swimming like, say, 60 to 100 lengths of a pool at a time. That's a lot of repetitions. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, so you're doing all one particular motion for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of motion, you know, repetitions a day. Well, then you need to go to the weight room after that and do that exact opposite motion for the same number of reps. Otherwise, you'll create a muscle imbalance. And when you get those muscle imbalances, you create potential injuries. So probably some of the best advice that, that you could give, you know, to parents listening, whether, you know, small kids, high school, in like you said, even college, is just making sure we're, you know, being a little bit more, I guess, intentional in how we're kind of training our athletes. Yes. And, you know, it's one thing, you know, if you're a pitcher, all right, you're doing your pitching, you're pitching. But we got to make sure that all the, you know, the stabilizing muscles and everything else, you know, the antagonist muscles are, are being trained as well. Yeah. So, yeah, in, in pitching, let's just say you throw 100 balls. You're, mm-hmm. you're practicing pitching, and you throw 100 balls, and you do this internal rotation. I know you can't see me right now, but you know, <laughs> this internal rotation. So what you need to do then is if you just did 100 internal rotation repetitions, you need to go to the weight room after that and do 100 external rotation repetitions. And otherwise, you'll, you'll, you'll develop the more rounded shoulders, things like that, you know, everything in front of us. I guess the other thing I would like to – say in this is everything in this world's in front of us therefore we strengthen all the muscles in the front very very well and when you're developing a training program to kind of fight back against what these people are doing all day long don't forget about them sitting at their desk as part of their exercise program you know because when you're sitting at a desk your chest muscles are all in a shortened position when our muscles are shortened they get stronger and stronger and stronger when our muscles are lengthened they get weakened you know, mm-hmm. weaker, weaker, weaker. So our back muscles are getting weaker every second we're sitting at a desk because they're lengthened, our upper back muscles. So we need to make sure we take that into account when we're developing a training program for someone. Yeah, just when you started talking about kind of hunching over. It, yeah, to, you exactly. Know, get up in my posture a little bit because I have to kind of think about that too. Are there things, you know, just, well, I mean, not just sports, but I mean, just for, 
kind of the average person sitting, I know we do a lot of knowledge work kind of in our office and we're kind of sitting in front of our computer. Are there things that we can do just to kind of remember to keep our body moving or help with posture or, or anything you would recommend? Something I've seen, because yeah, we tend to get into those positions and we just start focusing on our work. And before you know it, you're in this one awful, awful position. Before you know it, you've been there for four hours. Mm. You know, being something that's what I look at for a living, I won't lie. I've gone through and I've snapped pictures of our different faculty members and taken a picture of their posture and then showed I'm it to them. In there. And one of them I even put up as an example in class one time, and he just he just loved that. But anyway, um, a thing that works great is set an alarm. Set something on your phone just okay. to go off every half hour that says, hey, do this shoulder exercise every half hour. It's only five or ten seconds that you have to do, but what that does is it reverses your posture resets everything and then you go again it just stops that feed forward cycle where it just gets worse and worse and worse there you go some free advice here on the uh, center for sports hmm. studies podcast um so from your perspective because you're still working in the clinical setting you know what are some of the biggest issues that you see in healthcare today just from a physical therapy standpoint our biggest issue as far as that is concerned is both is really just insurance okay. you know insurance is their constantly changing insurances are trying they're changing the way they do things and so it, they approve fewer and fewer visits for these people to take advantage of they also are constantly reducing our rates so i would say that's the biggest issue is probably the reimbursement rate number of approved visits for various clients that just that makes it very hard to get them what they want and I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe the state law changed here in Indiana. You no longer need a referral to see a PT now, right? You, or is it? So that is correct. Okay. You know, that changed a few years back and it started out as that you could see somebody for 24 calendar days okay. without a physician order. Now it's up to 42 days. You know, so if you got injured, you didn't want to go to your doctor, you could come see us for up to 42 days without your doctors signing off on your paperwork. Okay. Now that's, great and I, I absolutely love that rule but things you have to keep in consideration are not all insurances approve that you know that is the state law but some insurances still require a doctor's prescription or a doctor's signature to start physical therapy the other thing is a lot of times your family practice doctor your your primary doctor knows you very well some of them want you to go to that primary doctor first just to make sure everything's good before you go on to PT. And so we try to keep that in mind as well. And we know which doctors always want to see you first. Mm -hmm. You know, so if you were to come to our clinic, we would ask you who your primary doctor is. And then based on that, we would say, yes, we can see you. Or no, you need to go see your doctor first. And that's just a safety net. You know, that's, that protects the doctor. It really, really does. So it's, it's a good thing. You know, I was going to put a disclaimer, you know, this is, this podcast is not in lieu of medical advice. No. Make sure you talk to your primary care physician yes, please. Uh, first and, you know, all, all those things. But, you know, we're living in a different time right now since mm -hmm. mid-March and the world kind of came to a screeching halt. How has the coronavirus affected what you do on, on a day-to-day -day basis with your patients in the clinic? You know, prior to this, we are, we're already wiping everything down constantly, mm -hmm. you know, so that back inside our clinic that really hasn't changed and now i would be honest we were like cleaning chairs probably more frequently now but that was really it for inside our clinic as far as that goes we were also able to explore and offer different telehealth options and that's been really neat so like when the clients are sick not feeling well they might just zoom in tell us what is going on talk back and forth a little bit 
And there's a lot of really neat things out there where you can actually do a virtual physical therapy session. You know, you can, I can preload a lot of exercises onto this program. We see each other, they put the camera up so I can watch them doing their exercises. And I have a little video going in the corner of someone doing all the exercises I want them to do. I can comment, adjust their foot placement, adjust, adjust their hip placement, things like that. So it's really been kind of neat to see those advancements over the last couple months. Do you think things like that will continue once we're past this, hopefully? Um, or you know, are we a little more comfortable actually seeing patients in a clinical setting? I don't think that will ever replace the traditional physical therapy clinic right. because a lot of people want that hands-on approach. You know, mm -hmm. I can sit there and watch you do an exercise, yes, but I can't feel your shoulder and tell you what's going on. Or I can't, you know, if you're lacking a little bit of range of motion in your shoulder, I can't sit there and just crank on it like I can clinically. Right. Or if you have a muscle that just won't relax, I can't get in there and massage that, or, you know, work that out. So I don't think it will ever replace it, but I think it's a nice option if the person doesn't want to come to the clinic. What's the sales pitch um, for trying as far as the exercise science department? Uh, you talked about the, the three plus three or the four plus three to get into the PT school here. Um, when students come or would potential students come to, to see you, um, what's, our, what's our pitch? Our pitch is 100%. We focus on helping you get to that next level. You know, whatever that might be. You know, last year we had 25 students apply for PT. You know, 25 students apply for PT or OT school and 25 got in. Wow. You know, so that was great. Now, some of them chose to take a year off, mm -hmm. you know, but out of the ones that legitimately tried last semester and were ready to go in, they all got in. Wow. You know, and a lot of them had multiple options. You know, we had some students, even in that direct admit program, that's like, you know, I, I kind of want to go here. Well, they looked at, they applied to that other school. They got into that other school, but then they decided trying was the best fit for them. They still went to trying. You know, so we really focus on getting you into graduate school. That's really where our advising is centered around. We've got a lot of policies in place to make sure you, you're, you're there. And that, that's our biggest selling point is 70% of our students going on to graduate school. That sounds like we're doing a pretty good job. Yes. And then what advice do you have for those students who want to make physical therapy their career or even exercise science their career? I, I know they're two different skill sets, but, you know, who want to get into the health sciences? You know, what are the, some of the things that, that they need to know as somebody who's, who's been in a, a veteran in this? For I think time? the biggest thing you can do in that is come up with your top three professions you think you want to do. Mm -hmm. Get into the field. Just call a professional up, get in, observe him or her, you know, get in there, see what they do on a daily basis. You know, I'll never forget this. I couldn't decide between going to medical school or going to physical therapy school. And one summer I followed a surgeon around all day long. He got called into the office or into ER at two o'clock in the morning. I went with him. You know, I mean, it was legitimately just following constant. Then the next summer, I followed a physical therapist around. You know, I, I mean, I felt kind of like a stalker for a moment, because <laughs> I, but I became part of his life. You know, his family went on vacation. I went with them. You know, I, I did a lot of things. I mean, I really dove into their world to see which field I liked better. And that's what, that's what I strongly encourage you to do. Get as involved with these professionals as you can to really see what their life is like. Mm -hmm. And not just clinically but also personally, what personal life, you know, I determined I didn't want to be a surgeon. You know, I didn't like that life. That was not for me. And so that's, and I wouldn't have known that by just showing up at their office three hours a day. 
you know, I learned that by following them around. And so that, that's my biggest advice is come up with your top three options, follow those professionals around, ask as many questions, use them. Most of them are going to want to help you. Mm-hmm. And they don't care if you go into their field or not, but they want to help you make that right decision. So if we have a student or, or somebody listening who has some questions about, you know, physical therapy as a whole or just kind of the Trine program, what's the best way to contact you? My Trine email address, which is steel, S-T-E-E-L-E-S, at trine.edu. All right. Well, Dr. Steele, we appreciate you joining us on the podcast today. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Be sure to check out our social media pages on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for our next guest on September 11th. We'd like to say a special thank you to producer Josh Hornbacher for his work behind the scenes today. This is the Center for Sports Studies podcast broadcasting from the Trine Broadcasting Network. For more information about the Center for Sports Studies, please visit trine.edu. Also, be sure to like the Trine Center for Sports Studies on Facebook and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at TrineCSS. Thanks for listening to this presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu.